Welcome to Miss Viva Storyteller Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has lost their voice and want to get it back. I lost my voice at a very young age, and it took me years of pain and hurt to get it back. On this podcast, I will bring you personal stories that will make you laugh, cry, think, heal, and in some cases, propel you into making new and better choices. At the end of each story, I give you my thoughts and I ask you probing questions to make you think. No one is perfect and no answer is wrong. So let's get started. Welcome to Miss V, the Storyteller Podcast. Listen, you guys, I am so excited about the guest that I have today. Her name is Sherry Diamond and Sherry is a hot mess. Let me tell you, Sherry is just as crazy as I am, you guys. Can you imagine two people? (laughs) Anyway, we have chatted and chatted and we both are the way that I am now. I wish I have been this way my entire life and Sherry has been her that way most of her life, which I absolutely love. Sometimes I envy her because when we were talking, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had been like you back in the day, but you know, all things come in timing, but I'm like this now, y'all. So Sherry, with that, please tell us about yourself. Hi, Ms. V. I'm so happy to be with you. This is going to be so much fun because you and I really have, you know, in our brief talking with each other. We have so much in common and have such a great connection. So I'm really looking forward to this. But anyway, I live in Los Angeles. I've been living in California since 1975. And I lived in San Diego for four and a half years. And in 1979, I came to LA and I've been here ever since. And I love it here. And I um, spent most of my working life in sales and marketing Um, and in luxury retail. And I've been a makeup artist and a director of sales and blah, 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 blah. And actually in like about five and a half years ago, I started a program. Well, actually I went on a program that I kind of researched myself having to do with weight, excuse me. And I lost a lot of weight and I decided, you know what, why aren't more people doing this? Because it isn't easy. So I thought, how can I make it easy? So people that are getting older, like me, can stay healthy. So I developed a program, which I'll tell you about later, called Balance for Life. And I've kept my weight off for five years. And here we are. And now I'm talking to you. Awesome. You know, Sherry, I didn't know that you used to do makeup. I used to do makeup as well. I used to work for a performing arts company and we put on plays and everything and I did hair and makeup. So when you just said, I was like, that's something else that you and I have in common, which is awesome. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I worked for, I actually got my first job in makeup with Estee Lauder. Oh, wow. And I walked into a Nordstrom and I said, do you have any um, openings for makeup artists? And the lady goes, do you have any experience? And I went, "Uh uh-huh. The only experience I had was doing makeup on my friends. And she said, I'll tell you what. I want you to go to the shoe department and find a woman that'll come and sit down in the chair and let you do her makeup. Oh, wow. I said, okay. No, she said, I want you to find a woman. That's what she said. So I went to the shoe department because that's where every woman is in Nordstrom. And I saw a lady hardly wearing any makeup with a little girl. And I said, excuse me trying to get a job as a makeup artist at Estee Lauder. 
do you have time to come and let me sit down and put some makeup on you? You have such pretty eyes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and her little girl's like, yeah, mommy, let's do it. <laughs> so they came and sat down. I gave her a full makeup tutorial. I went through everything, why this looks good on her, how to apply it. She spent $138. Oh, wow. And when she left, she said, Sherry, I never wear makeup. But now that you're showing me, I don't have to wear a lot of makeup and I can still look good. I said, right. She left and she said, when can you start? You're hired. Here, fill <laughs> this out. Take it upstairs to the employment department and, and we'll proceed from there. And I was like, I got a job. Yes, you did. See, you one and of those so go-getters. I love it. And then from there, I went and I worked. Um, I worked for Sicily Cosmetics. I worked for Bond Perfume. Um, I opened the Sicily Cosmetic counter at uh, Bloomingdale's in LA. So I've done a, I've done a lot of things. I've learned um, worked in luxury retail with flowers, like all kinds of stuff. It's been really yeah, fun. that's that's amazing. But when you said the makeup thing, I was like, I used to do that too. Yeah. So I know that you um, listen to. Um, some of the stories in my podcast. And I want to know what story resonated with you when you heard it, you was like, this is a story that I must talk to Ms. V about. Well, hands down, I listened to all three of them, but the one that made me cry. So I knew I had to, this had to be the one was, do you set resolutions or do you set goals? Yes. That was a story that I wrote and I share and I told, um, last year in 2022, I believe. Yeah, I think it was last year. And I wanted to share the story because the the new year was coming in. It was going from 21 to 22. And I just had such a problem with this making new year's resolutions. I never liked that. But when I was growing up, a little bit of the background of the story that I shared that um, Sherry listened to was, you know, when the year came in, I always thought that <laughs> at the beginning of the year, you had to go on a diet, you had to do a body cleanse, you had to do all these stuff because at the beginning of the year, it was always about losing weight. And that's what I thought for years. And that's what I did. It was like a resolution, every year resolution. <laughs> and I talk about my weight. And how, you know, I try all these diets that didn't really work. I mean, I would try a lot of diets. I talked about, you know, my self-esteem growing up, you know, how um, at one point I was so afraid because people would joke me and talk about my weight. As soon as I would appear somewhere, that's the first thing that someone felt necessary to comment on. And I remember I would walk all the way around just not to walk in front of a group of people because I knew what they were going to do. Right. And it's so funny that today, sometimes I have to catch myself and I'm like, no, I'm gonna walk right on through them. I am beautiful. But sometimes that little girl comes up and I, you know, I have that because it was such a part of me. But in the story itself, you know, I talk about how, you know, grownups, even when I became an adult, they were just as mean. They joked me, they talked about me, you know, and I came up with the, the conclusion that I had to love myself and that I needed to set goals that I could reach. Nobody should be telling me, you, anybody, you know, about resolutions. You need to make a resolution. I, I don't make resolutions. <laughs> and in the store, I tell you, you know, I set goals for myself because, and I, I set obtainable goals. So it is the new year, you know, 
Um, everybody has a different thing, but in the store, basically I let you know, you know, set yourself some goals, not resolutions. So when you heard the story, what were your thoughts on it? So I never, hold on. So sorry. Um, I have a terrible dry little cough. So I'm really sorry that I keep doing that. I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to drink some water so it goes away. So I'm really sorry. Um, so I'll tell you what resonated with me. It resonated with me because I had a weight problem from the time I was born. I mean, like I used to say when I grew up, got older, people would say, oh, I wear a size two or I wear a size four. I go, honey, I didn't wear that size when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> and what resonated was we were both fat kids. I never set goals. I mean, never set resolutions because I, when I was a kid, I saw adults doing it and they never kept them. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, this is dumb. Nobody keeps them. So why do we set them? Every <laughs> right. Day? So I never did. And then as I got older and I wanted things in my life, I figured the way to do it is to set a goal. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other thing that resonated with me, and this is the part that, that made me cry is you talk about losing your voice. And I didn't lose my voice, but as soon as I figured out that they're putting me down and nobody's protecting me, because mm -hmm. you talked about nobody protecting you, my voice got bigger and my voice got louder. And I was like, but mom, but let me tell you, listen to me. Why won't you listen? Why, why, why? And I was always fighting for a place. Mm. So instead of, instead of being quiet, I got louder. Wow. And the louder I got, the more they shut me down. Mm. So you also talk about in the story where people were making fun of you and not one adult in the room stood up for you. Not one. Family, and nobody. Me, and for me, the same thing. Nobody ever said, don't talk to my child like that. Please don't talk to my sister like that. I'm going to come after you if you hurt my sister. It was like, I was like, here, have at it. Just sleep, you know, who cares? But at the same time, they're telling me, you could do anything in life that you want. Well, then why, when I open my mouth and say things, you don't believe me, you, you're putting me down, you're telling me I can't. I came home in junior high school and I told my mom, I'm trying out for cheerleading. And she went, what? I said, yeah, I'm going to try out for cheerleading. She goes, why? I said, because I want to. She goes, they're never going to pick you. You know why? Because I'm too fat. I don't look like a cheerleader. Right? You can't do that because you're too young. You can't follow what your brother does because you're not a boy. I always had a reason why I couldn't. And so as I started to get older and I heard stories and you read stories or you see movies about how girls are precious little flowers. <laughs> And then I got older and I went, wait a minute, if we're precious little flowers, why are you constantly watering us down? Yes. Yes. Why? Like, this doesn't make sense. So it was like, this is what we taught you, but this isn't really how it is. And you can do whatever you want. But if I say that I don't think you should do it, you can't. And it was the same thing about food is if we went to a party with our family and everybody's eating and drinking, you know, and you know that I'm Jewish, Jewish people, food is our life. 
a lot of cultures is that way. A lot of cultures. It's like food You're is like the right. center of everything. Of everything. What are we eating? What are we eating? What are we eating? And what time are we eating it? Mm -hmm. So when we go to a party or a family function or someone's home, or they come to our house and there's all kinds of food, oh, eat whatever you want. Isn't it delicious? The food is so good. Ah, don't you love that chocolate cake? Yep, I do. But then come the weekday, come home from school and you go to put your hand under the cookie dish, uh, the cake dish and grab a brownie. And my mom or my grandma would go, I don't think you should be eating that. My mom used to say to me right to my face, I don't think you should be eating that. You're getting too fat. Do you know how many times I got called fat in my life? Oh my God, probably the same amount as me. <laughs> okay, and then, and then as I got older, by the time I was seven, eight, nine years old, at the time, this will really show my age, but I don't care because I'll tell you how old I am anyway. Um, Lane Bryant, I was buying my clothes there because Lane Bryant was around when I was a kid. The only difference is, hold on, hold on to your hat. Because when you walked in, when I was a kid, you walked in and there was a section with all the clothes. And in the back, there was a big sign that says Chubbets. Um, and it was for little kids like me who were chubby. Oh my God, I never knew that. Are you serious? Hand to God. Trust oh me, God. I know. So there you are walking in the store, like when you walk by those people and everybody's looking at me because I'm going in that section and they're looking at me like that fat kid, she's got a shop over there. And I was mortified. Yeah. But then to make matters worse, if I like something and my mom didn't like it, she wouldn't get it for me. She had to like everything on me and she wouldn't let me get what I wanted. So now I'm already doubly mad because I got a shop in Chubbett's and I can't get what I want, but sometimes we both agreed and then I got it. Okay, so that was mortifying, right? And one of my goals was always gonna be, excuse me, was to stop wearing plus size clothes. Oh, and to make matters worse because I was so embarrassed, I would go to school and the other kids never saw the clothes I wore because they didn't have them in their stores. They had them right. in the Chabette section yeah. of Lane Bryant. Yeah. So my friends would be like, oh my God, I love that dress. Where'd you get it? And I'd be like, pennies. We got it at JCPenney. Oh, we got it at May Company. I lied. Wow. Well, what am I going to tell them? Oh, we went to Lane Bryant and we went to the Chubbett section. Come on. Wow. Yes. I Listen, I, I, I understand everything that you're saying. I didn't know about Lane Bryant because I didn't shop at Lane Bryant. Um, my dad, well, it was harder shopping with my father than it was with my mom because my dad used to make comments all the time and I just did not like going shopping. Oh yeah, my dad him. didn't even go. Yeah, I he would take us sometimes. Well, my parents were separated at the time and so he would buy our school clothes or whatever and he would take me shopping and, and I absolutely just did not like it because you know, it was just so unpleasant. You know, he would make comments and he did not realize, I don't think he did, that he was hurting my feelings and I hated it. Um, when my mom took me shopping, it was a little bit better because she would take me to like JCPenney's and JCPenney's did have 
clothes in my size for a season. And then I ate my way out of there. <laughs> and then I ended up having to go somewhere else. But um, yeah, I understand exactly what you are talking about and me being fluffy and growing into fluffiness because I don't like the F-A-T word. I say fluffy was I was an emotional eater because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions and all that. So like you were why, why, why and outwardly, you know, vocal and all that. I was in and in and not saying anything. So I ate my feelings. I ate everything, you know, I would come home and you were talking about cookies. I would steal cookies because cookies are my one of my weaknesses. I love chocolate and cookies. Number one, because now y'all don't think I'm crazy, but anyway, <laughs> I think cookies are one of the neatest foods that a fat person can eat. You won't get anything on your mouth. You just bite a piece off and it goes in your mouth. No, if you wipe the crumbs, it's like the neatest piece of food that you can eat around anybody and nobody was saying the things because cookies are so neat you know just a regular chocolate chip cookie or a butter cookie or whatever but like cakes and pastries and all that they can get messy and i said y'all know i'm crazy i got issues but i just love cookies they're just such a neat food you can hide them you know <laughs> you can go and sneak them out they can fit in your hands oh yes cookies became my my emotional thing but Anyway, back to it. So share with us like a story of something that really, really got to you that was like that pivotal, like I hate being fat because for me is when those people were joking me and you have to go listen to the story to know what I'm talking about. And nobody said anything, not one adult. That thing hurt me so bad because I'm like, is anybody going to stop these people from talking about this little fat girl, you know, this little chubby girl and nobody. That was like a story that just, I've never forgotten that moment ever. Well, let me tell you what's interesting is like I said, instead of getting quiet, I got louder, right? Because I figured out at a young age that everybody thought I was so cute and I dressed so cute and she's so she has such a funny personality. So I used all that to play up so people could not look at me and think she's fat. They're like, look how cute she is. Look how this, right? That okay. so they would do that, right? And I learned early on how to kind of manipulate adults because I could tell how they were behaving. And I knew that if you said certain things, they would behave a certain way or not. And you could kind of get them to not pay attention to you, right? Okay. So as I got older, when I was younger, the only part of being fat that really bothered me is when I was bullied at a young age. Mm -hmm. Like my worst times were eight, nine, 10. Those oh, were the wow. worst ages because I would be walking at school and I'd hear kids go, fatty, fatty, two by four, can't get through the bathroom door. Oh, I've never heard that one. And um, every time I said I wanted to do something, if it was something that required you being thinner, they'd say, well, they're not going to, you're not going to be able to do that like cheerleading. So I started going after the things like I knew I was good at. I was very athletic as a kid, even though I was overweight. I was on the girls basketball team. I played softball for years. I could run fast. I was very athletic. And so that was a distraction because people would go, oh, you know, she's really good at this. And then I played music and different things. So I had all kinds of other things I was good at 
that could maybe minimize my fatness, right? And what's funny is, let's just fast forward as an adult, because of the, um, I call it, a, you know, passive aggressive behavior about food, you can eat it now, but not when you come home from school, or it's okay to eat the cookie today, but don't have it at your lunch because you're getting too fat, right? Mm -hmm. So by the time I got older, I didn't know what to do. And people, I used to see people staring at me when I would go somewhere and eat. If I was eating a hamburger and you could see them looking at you going, why is she eating that? She's already too fat. You already could hear them. What mm -hmm. they're thinking. So by the time I was 25, I was, I was hiding food in my car. I would go to parties and go places and I hardly ever ate. And you know, people were saying, I don't understand. Why does she never eat? Why is she so fat? Well, because I just got done eating five Snickers and Butterfingers before I walked in your house. <laughs> <laughs> and all the wrappers are in the console of my car to prove it. <laughs> so I did that and I always pretended like I wasn't eating. And then I'd go home and I'd gorge myself with food. But like you, my biggest downfall, and I didn't realize it till I was on this journey to finally lose weight and keep it off, is that I was addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. Like addicted yeah. to sugar. It's no, not just chocolate and ice cream and cookies. It's sugar. Yeah. Right. And then when I got older, it started um, up until maybe eight years ago, I was addicted to, um, I'd go to a Mexican restaurant. All you had to do is give me chips and guacamole and beer. And I'd sit there for hours and eat bowls and bowls. Wow. And bowls until I could see straight. And mm. then I'd come home and I would eat a pint of ice cream. Oh my. Oh yeah, I was bad. And so what I was doing, and I know it now, is all the things I needed to change and fix and that I wanted in my life, the only one that was stopping me the whole time was me. Yeah. But when I was younger, I didn't do it as much as I did when I was older. And it's almost like I got more confident about who I am as a human in me, but to the world, I wasn't, I was showing it, but in a different way. And when I look back and I see how I behaved, you know, I say this all the time and, and I don't want anybody who's listening or watching this podcast to get offended, but it really is true. And I had to come to grips with myself. Once I lost all the weight, you start doing the unpacking about why you behave the way you do and why you're triggered by the things people say and why, why, why. To this day, I still ask why because that's how you learn and get better. And what I realized is that I was the sabotage of me. Right. It wasn't we everybody are. else. It right. And you're, that is so true. But when people would say, oh, you'll never get that job. You can't. I go watch me and I forged forward and I got everything that they said I couldn't do and then they'd be like really like they're shocked now I don't have to do it because I don't have anything to prove to anybody anymore because I know who I am and I don't care what I'm wearing and what time of year it is I'll walk through any crowd I'll walk into any place I'll sit down in any restaurant or bar alone because I love me and if you don't and especially if you don't know me or have never been in my home or know anything about my life, I'm like, I don't care. 
<laughs> I love it. That's what I said at the beginning. I wish I was more like her longer in my life instead of later in my life because I was not like that. You know, I, I, I just wasn't, but I am a lot closer to getting there now. Um, but it was something that you just said. I used to, I was never, I cannot say I was never a closet eater. It was the uh -huh. foods that I ate. It wasn't like I went and hid food or anything like, because people would say that to me all the time. You never eat. And it's like, I don't eat a lot, but what I do eat is the wrong foods. And it's very high in calorie, meaning the sweets. I have always loved sweets. I mean, that has been like my go-to and cheeses. Oh my God, it used to be. But I found out for myself, the emotional part of being an emotional eater and not to eat my emotions. I found that out. But I also found out through all those different diets and all that stuff is that I don't have to deny myself certain things. Moderation is so key. So if I set a goal and say, okay, you can only have sweets on the weekend and you can only have one sweet per day, I can do that because I have something to look forward to. It's like I would do those diets where you just cut out everything, fail. You know, because you, you know, those cravings and all that stuff never really go away. I just have to change the way that I think about those foods and all that. So I, I'm telling you, I love the way that you are about, I don't care what nobody think. This is me. You can like me. You love it. I'm almost 100% there. I'm real close to being like, well, this is me. About you, it. You like me or you don't. I love me. I love me now, even though I'm fluffy and I would love to lose weight, but bad knees and a back makes it very difficult. Cause I was like, you were talking about, that's what it was. You were talking about that. You were very athletic. I have never been one of those people just sitting there. I used to do aerobics all the time. I go for walks all the time. Bad back bad knees held the sister back but i still do some type of um exercises so when people say you'll never eat but you're always walking why aren't you losing weight now that's none of your business you know <laughs> well see the other part of the emotional eating that really um is something that we don't tap into i have which we'll talk about later when we talk about balance for life is that really what I was doing my whole life is I was trying to please everybody else so that mm -hmm. they would, they would accept me. Mm -hmm. Right. But the people that I was looking at for that emotional support were the ones that should have been giving it to me unconditionally that didn't In the first place. Yep. And they didn't protect me, but they loved me and gave me a beautiful life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at them for any of that. But what I realized is I was so busy pleasing everybody else that the reason I was stuffing my emotions with food is because I wasn't trying to please myself. I was in ways like with my jobs and working and stuff, but not with my physical being. I got dressed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very, um, very cognizant of showing up and looking nice and being dressed properly and wearing makeup. Even during the pandemic, I got up and put on makeup every day. I didn't care if I didn't see a soul for months because I didn't want to get out of that routine mm -hmm. of losing who I am. Right. And as crazy as that might sound, it worked for me. So now that I'm older and I've worked out all the emotions 
I don't, food is now just about life. For me, food is medicine. Food is for living. Mm -hmm. I don't have that jonesing about sweets. Um, when I want something sweet, I eat the healthy sweets. And it's the kind of thing where I finally figured out it was always me. Right. But I was busy blaming everybody else because I didn't have the wherewithal to really step into myself and fix what I wanted about me. But once I did, every year since then, I keep getting better. And that's why I'll never, ever make a resolution. I make goals. My goal right. is this, my goal, because now they're attainable. Right. I was setting expectations to lose 60 pounds in four months. I'm like, come on, who can do that? Unless you try and starve yourself. So I was setting unrealistic expectations of something that I was really trying to, um, I was trying to please other people about. Because in, in really at the end of the day, when, when, even when I was fat, I have to say, I always liked me. Because I was a good person. I was happy kid. I'm still that way. I wake up happy every day. And that pisses some people off. Like, how can you be happy every day? Because I made a choice. I made a choice. And I like being happy. When I'm not happy, I deal with it. But for the most part, I am happy. But it's because I learned how to be happy. And I learned how to be thin. And I learned how to work out my emotions. And that's why now I teach that to other people. And it's really a beautiful thing. Well, we know we can hear, we know that you've lost the weight. So tell us, how did you do it? Tell us about balance for life. I want them to, you know, if you can tell us a little bit about it, what does it mean? What does, what do you do or how does it work? Sure. So it's called balance for life and it's balance, the number four and life because four and seven are my two lucky numbers. And I went to the doctor when I was 64 years old and for my annual checkup because I have a bad thyroid. I have Hashimoto. And um, she was going to do a blood test. And well, she we did a blood test and then I went for the results and she said, look, I want to tell you, you're pre-diabetic. Mm. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you're pre-diabetic. If you don't start eating better and getting a little healthier... She said, in a year, you'll either be on medication or insulin. I was like, oh, hell no. My mother had diabetes and I saw what it did to her. I know people that have diabetes. I saw what it's done to their health. Some people have passed away. They've lost ligaments, you know, toes. And... Mm -hmm. I had an aunt who went blind from diabetes. Okay. Yeah. And I said, no, no, no. This is because that scared the crud out of me. Okay. So I went home and I started researching, why do we get diabetes? Why, why, why? And everything, I went layers and layers and layers. And after about, I don't know, a month or two of doing this on a consistent basis, the one word that kept coming up was inflammation. Mm -hmm. So when people say, people tell me they have high blood pressure, but they go, oh, I don't, the only thing I take is a pill for high blood pressure. Well, that's not anything to wear a badge of courage about. That's true. Because, because high blood pressure is caused by inflammation. And when you have high blood pressure and you don't take care of the inflammation, that inflammation turns into diabetes. And if you know people that have both, they have one and then they get the next one within at least five or 10 years if they don't change their diet. So then I said, okay, this is the word. What causes inflammation? So long story short, as I was researching food, I started eating those foods. 
And in 18 months, I lost 103 pounds. But let me tell you the part that absolutely was amazing to me and still is. And this is why, you know, when I was younger and I hear people say food is medicine, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sick of them telling me food is medicine. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> well, guess what? The joke oh, on me. Food is medicine. And let me tell you why. During that time, I had a bad rotator cuff. And I went to an orthopedic doctor and he said, you got a bad rotator cuff and it's because it's caused by inflammation in your joint. And he said that word. So I went home and I Googled, why do we have inflammation in our joints? What can we do to cure it? Eat blueberries and strawberries and all these foods came up that are anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I was eating them. And then after I lost the weight, I went, wait a minute. People would say to me, you make it look so easy. Oh my God, you lost 103 pounds. And the thing that everybody asks me to this day, they say to me, aren't you proud of how you look? You look amazing. Do you not know that I swear to you, I'm my hand to God on my mother's grave. That one person said, how do you feel? Oh, wow. Nobody cares about how you feel. It's, it's about, about how, how you look. look. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that really upsets me. Because I could look great, but if I have diabetes and high blood pressure and are taking a million pills, who cares how I look? Because it's all a big facade, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened is after a while, I was keeping my weight off. But the thing that made me so, I was astonished, is that all the time I've been on every single diet you can shake a stick at, like you, mm -hmm. and supposedly eating all the right foods, I had an extended belly. And anybody who has an extended belly or any excess belly fat, that's inflammation. And that's where it all starts in your body. Do you know that when I lost weight, I never had a flat stomach in my life till now? To this day, I still have a flat stomach and it's because of the food. Because when you get rid of the inflammation, the belly fat goes away. And there are certain foods that I eat every day. And one of them is an avocado because it helps your skin, the inflammation, the belly fat, and I know people that have had cancer that their doctors tell them, eat an avocado every day, eat this every day, because the inflammation is what, what stops the diseases. So now here I am, this year, I'm gonna be lucky 70, my other lucky number, and I take one pill for my thyroid, I don't take anything else. That's I a blessing. But I do have another autoimmune problem, it's called Sjogren, which is, dry eyes and dry skin. And the doctor told me that I probably had it during the time I was losing weight, but I didn't know because it was mm -hmm. overshadowed by the weight. And then once I got healthy, I started noticing all this stuff, but this is controllable with food, um, but I don't take any medicine for it because it's not, um, there's no cure for it. And the reason I'm so such an advocate for good health is because when I got this autoimmune, this one is so different and it really is kind of upsetting to me, but I have it under control, is that Sjogren disease is caused by your gut eating up your, your um, taking your bad bacteria and eating your good bacteria mm. in your system. So guess what I have now in my system? Good bacteria, because I got rid of all the bad ones. And now here I am with two autoimmune problems but 
I'm not taking any pills. But how do you feel? Amazing. (laughs) That's good. Something you just said, I wanted to um, just respond about. Um, When you were talking about how um, nobody came to you and asked you how you felt. I remember I was working out. I was adamant about working out. You know, it, it, it was to lose weight, but it was for me to be more healthy. And I remember I was in this um, aerobics class and I was doing the class and all that. And after the class, some of the women that were in the class came up to me and they was like, oh my God, you lasted the whole class. You were, and I'm like, well, why wouldn't it? And I looked at her and I was like, but why wouldn't I? You know, I it, I didn't re- I didn't associate me being fluffy with not being able to do a sixty minute aerobics class. You know, because just because I'm fluffy didn't mean that I couldn't do the exercise. So when it was two of them, when they came up to me and they said, "You just did the whole thing. Aren't you so proud of yourself? You did the whole sixty minute." I'm like, "But I do sixty minutes every week. Every time I come in, I do. What do you? I don't understand what you mean." And and that's how I came back at them because I was confused and it's like sometimes if you don't know what to say just be quiet nobody you know asks you will solicit that? you solicit your opinion be quiet you know I did my 60 minutes was getting my mat and all my stuff's great to go shower like everybody else so why is it because I'm fluffy that I can't do it but yeah just like you let me saying, tell you what they're upset about because you tried and you did it and they didn't so they're looking at you to make it about you and the reason I'm telling you that It's because I did not realize, and this is why when you start doing the work and you start shutting out the noise Mm -hmm. and you really see, like Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them, honey, let me tell you, I live by that hundred percent because when, and I'm sure you've experienced this when I was losing weight, people were mad at me that I wasn't eating certain foods. I can't believe you won't try that. I can't believe you won't eat that. Why do you have to be so difficult? And I was like, wait, what? So now I'm trying to make, do something better and they still can't acknowledge me. That's when I knew it doesn't matter what you do, how you do it and where you do it. The people who just are just don't like themselves in their life are going to always make it about me. And I just go, you know what? Now when people say, I can't believe you're not going to eat that. You know what I do? I look at them and I go, okay. I don't even, I don't even engage it because I, you know, or or someone will say, you're not eating that. I used to go, no, because I'm trying to, and I used to like, and now I go, no, I'm not. And just let it go. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I do, you know, cause I've always been a picky eater and it used to bother me because people made comments all the time. I don't care no more. You I know, never you had just, that problem. Look at your plate. Don't worry about what's in my plate. Look at your, <laughs> your plate. Well, And that's the other thing I used to always say, why all of a sudden now I'm on this journey. Now the food police are showing up. <laughs> that's exactly what they're called. The food police but you see, all in people, your plate. People will say to me, you're not going to eat that hamburger. Oh, you're not eating the French fries. I'd be like, no, I'm not. And they'd be like, oh, they're mad because I'm not eating the bad food. And I'd be like, I don't get it. I never said to anybody, oh my God, are you going to eat those French fries? You know, they're really bad for you. 
because it's not my business. Right. Absolutely. It's not our business. Mind your business, y'all. Stay in your plate and not somebody else's. But I want to make sure that we answer these questions um, before, because you know, at the end of my stories, I always share my thoughts and I want to ask these questions. Um, I'll let you answer first and then I'll answer the questions. The first one is, do you make resolutions or set goals for yourself each year? Why have you chose either? Have you, which one did you choose and why? I always set goals because goals work, but goals have to be set with an expectation that you're going to do your best to get to that goal. But if you don't, you can't beat yourself up because Mm -hmm. as long as you try, you know, we tell little kids when they go to school, you don't have to be the smartest kid in the class, but as long as you try, but then you get to be an adult. Well, as long as you try, if we fail, that doesn't make us bad people. We tried. Right. Right. If you're an athlete and you go out like these two brothers, they're going to play in the Super Bowl. They both went out and played their best. One team wins, one team loses. But neither one of them called the other one up and said, oh, brother, you're a horrible football player. No, they're both going to play in the Super Bowl. One's going to win and one isn't. And God help their mama when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel the same way. I set goals and I set up obtainable goals you know every year you know I sit down and it's not just for my physical but for my business in all areas of my life I just set goals for myself and I give myself kudos you know when I reach a certain goal you know I might reward myself it may not be food related maybe like I buy myself a shirt or I go get a manicure or something to reward myself but also if I don't quite make that goal the effort was there and so you know you did it for four days V just start all over again. And I, you know, I talked myself up. So the next question is, well, wait, let me just say one more thing about that subject is that the other thing I do when I'm setting my goals, I say them out loud besides writing them down. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll sit at my desk or somewhere and I go, please, God, this year, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to write it down, but I want you to know in advance, this is really what I want. And I'm going to do everything I can. So if you can help me, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> and I, I do. And I know yeah. that sounds crazy. No, but it's not. I, but I I talk to the universe and to God and ask him for things. And you know what? Me and God, we're like this. I know that's he, right. I talk to him daily, me. all day long. Lord, help me not to slap this lady because water, water, whatever. You know, I, I'm real. You know, God's real with me. I'm real with him. Lord, please help me not to say anything. Please shut my mouth. Or, you know, I thank you, God. So I'm a God girl. So it is like, oh, I'm not a religious person, but I believe in God and I believe in calling in what you want. Right. Absolutely. Um, The second question is. Have you been on. Have you been on one of those merry-go-round diets before? If so, did any of them work for you? (laughs) That's a loaded question. Like you don't know. (laughs) So I've been on since I was about in my twenties or thirties, I think I went to Weight Watchers on and off until maybe seven years ago. Um, I reached my goal twice. And then within two years, I ate my weight back up and I was back there doing the same thing. I've been on Jenny Craig. I've been on the Atkins diet. I've been on the um, let's have cayenne and lemon juice and whatever cleanse. Yeah. 
Um, I've been on, painful. I've been on the let's eat one meal a day diet. I've been on the crazy Sherry. Let's do this diet that I made up. I mean, come on. There isn't anything on the planet I haven't tried. And if I, if I put all the money that I've spent on every crazy diet on the table, I could take you and me around the world on a trip <laughs> and we'll still have money left over. Yeah, I, I did the and same thing. I've been on a lot. Nothing worked. Nothing yeah. worked. It worked temporarily. Right. And but that's what this, I found. But this is for, and, and I'm so glad I called it balance for life because this is going to be for life. I, I have not, I fluctuate one to two pounds up or down. That's it. Never that's anything awesome. else. And I'm never will because I honestly, people laugh at me. Excuse me, but I did find the secret. You just yeah. have to do it. And you have to find what works for you. And it may work for a lot of people. But if this you will put work in, for anybody. If right. But it. the thing, what I was going to say is you have to find what works for you. Because if you don't put in 100%, you're not right. going to get 100% out of it. So right. there are people that may hear about it and get all excited. But if they don't finish it or they don't do it daily, work in it daily, it's not going to work for them. But I am so glad you came on. So please, I want everyone to be able to find you so they can learn more about, um, you know, I won't call it a diet, I'll call it balance for life. So please tell us where we can find you, social media, email, website, whatever you have so that people can contact you. So balance for life, really, it's a program. Okay. And then once you're done with the program, it's a lifestyle. We just have mm -hmm. to change the words that we say in our head because those words matter. Just like the words we were told when we were kids, why we got to this point, the same words matter now, right? Mm -hmm. So Balance for Life, you can find me on my Facebook group. It's Balance, Space, the number four, Space, and Life. On Instagram, you can find me at Share the Gift, and it's S-H-E-R, T-H-E-G-I-F-T, share the gift because I feel like I'm sharing the gift of health and I want it, my mission is to get people healthy one person at a time. And then my website that you can go to to see my story and the pictures, because it's all out there and the, how much I weighed, um, is sharethegift.com. Okay, I'll make sure I have all of this in the description so that they can just go down and click on it and be able to find you with ease. So, but I do so want to say thank you so much. But I do want to say one of the things for people is if they're thinking about the program or they want any information from me, I give everybody a free consultation. Okay, and whether you join the program or not, I don't, I don't blast you with emails because here's the thing: this is your health. This mm -hmm. is your life. I can't do it for you just like nobody could do it for me. So, but I'm here to help you if you want the help. Perfect. I love that. And I love that you care so much about, you know, people that you want to take the time to share with them about the program and let them right. make the choices. As long as you give them all the information is totally and completely up to them. So thank you so much. Thank Thanks you for, for being here. You have been such a joy. And I'm telling you all, her spirit is just so great. Aww. She's such an awesome person. And so that's how I feel you. about you. I feel oh. like we're sisters from another mister. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Thanks. All right, listen, have a beautiful day and I'll see you soon. All right. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen. I pray that this episode has brought some joy to your life and you have learned something about yourself. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. And for more information about Miss V the Storyteller, you can visit my website at MissVTheStoryteller.GoDaddySites.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.